In uncertain days, it is important to remember that our world is getting ready to meet God. We are all getting ready to meet Him. The King is coming. Today, we join Scott Pauley in walking through the final book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. The last time we studied together, we established this great truth that God always meets us right where we are. Well, let's pick up there today and tell you hastily that the Lord not only meets us right where we are, praise God, He doesn't leave us there. Aren't you glad that the Lord loves you and He meets you wherever you may be, but instead of just accepting you there, He begins to lead you from where you are to where He wants you to be. We find this today in the first church mentioned to us in Revelation chapter number 2. It is the church in the city of Ephesus. Now, I want to read some of this letter to you, but I want you to keep in mind while I'm reading these verses in Revelation 2 that there was another letter written to the church at Ephesus earlier in the New Testament. In fact, there is only one church that we know of that two different letters were written uh, from two different human penmen and two different stages of church history, and that's the church of the Ephesians. The Apostle Paul writes under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, now John writes under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. See if there are some common themes and also some contrast. In Revelation 2 verse 1, Under the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, and walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars." and is born, and is patience, and for my name's sake has labored, and is not fainted. And let me just pause and say, so far so good. It sounds like this is a strong church. And yet in the very next verse, Revelation 2 verse 4, we read this, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, the Lord not only knows where we are, but where He wants us to be. Now, you recall earlier in the New Testament, when the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, there was a great emphasis in that, in that letter on the love of God. Remember he prayed that they would know the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of God which passeth knowledge. But yet when you come to Revelation chapter 2, it seems that this church is lacking in the area of love. In other words, that instead of becoming everything the Lord called them to become, they had settled for much less than that. They had become mechanical believers, going through the motions, but missing the heart of it. Doesn't that sound like so many believers today? Ironically, uh, the book that bears their name, the book of Ephesians, the theme of the book is the book of fullness, the fullness of God and the fullness of Christ and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But when you find the church at Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, it seems that instead of being full of the Lord, they're empty of His heart. They're empty of His Spirit. They're empty of that passion that they started with. Oh, sure, there's, there's much to commend here. Uh, there is duty. They, they did their duty. He said, I know thy works and thy labor. There is diligence. He identified their patience. Uh, they obviously had gone through some things. Uh, he identifies here their devotion. Uh, they had borne certain things for Him. 
for his name's sake. They had labored. That's wonderful. Uh, but there was something missing. For all of their duty and all of their diligence and all of their devotion, and yes, even all of their discernment, how they could discern between good and evil, what was missing? Delight was missing. They had lost their joy. They had lost their heart of love. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. John Wesley said it was possible to have the right opinion of Christ without, without having the right attitude of Christ. May I ask you, is it true that you simply believe the right things or is the Spirit of Jesus Christ evident in your life? Jonathan Edwards said, it's possible to be so preoccupied with the Lord's service and with the Lord's people that you fail to be preoccupied with the Lord Himself. I wonder, my friend, have you, have you left your first love? It doesn't say they lost it. No, no, they left it. There was a, a choice there. This is a conscious decision of the will. They left it. They dismissed it. They, they uh, sent it away. I wonder, have we so dismissed Christ? Are we so busy and so distracted that we have forgotten what it is to be a Christian? What it is to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Sadly enough, so many people are more diligent about their walk with Christ and more devoted to Christ and delight more in Christ in the early days of their Christian faith than they are as mature believers. Oh, dear friend, do you need to return to your first love? Now, I'm glad that the Lord doesn't just point out the problem. Aren't you glad the great physician doesn't just wound, he heals? And he doesn't just reprove us, he corrects us and then instructs us. We read on, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 5, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works. Or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. So he says to them, remember, and then repent, and then return. Remember where you used to be. Remember me. Repent of your sin, and then return to that first life of obedience and devotion. Now, there's a little play on words here. In verse 4, there's the first love, and in verse 5, there's the first works. He says, get back to where you started. Let's, let's go back to the beginning. I must tell you that I meet so many Christians that, frankly, are miserable. They're miserable believers, and the sad reality is so many times they're miserable and they don't even know they're miserable. Do you know why they're miserable? Because there's always a connection between love and joy. When you lose your first love, you lose your first joy. Remember, the fruit of the Spirit is love, and the second thing is joy. So when we lose our heart for Christ, and when we lose the heart of Christ, we, we lose the joy of it all. We become robot Christians going through the motions, but missing the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Oh, he commends them again in verse 6, But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Then he says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. He said, You have become known by what you hate instead of who you love. Is it possible that, that good, well-intentioned, sincere Christians and churches have become so consumed with what they hate and pointing out the wickedness around them that we have forgotten that the Christian faith is to be marked by who we love? Remember Jesus said, By this shall all men know you're my disciples when you have love one for another. Do you see how the Lord identifies uh, so many things in this passage? He begins by identifying Himself as the one with the, the stars in his right hand, walking in the midst of the golden candlesticks. Then he identifies the good in them. There was much good, 
Then he identifies the problem with them. They had left their first love. Then he identifies the solution. Let's remember, repent, and return. Then he identifies the consequences if they do not. He said, I'll remove your candlestick. So many churches have disappeared. They've been devoured. Even the church at Ephesus today. Where is the church at Ephesus today? Oh, my friend, do not think you and I are above uh, these same consequences. We will not continue if we do not continue to seek Christ and His heart. And then Christ identified the victory that was available to them. It don't have to end on a negative. You can end on a positive. To him that overcometh. He said, well, I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. I wonder as you look at Revelation chapter 2 today, is Christ identifying anything in you? Is Christ identifying anything in me? Is He putting His finger on anything in our life that needs to be addressed and dealt with? Have we left our first love? Would you ask the Lord today to take you back to first principles, to take you back to Him? No matter how long you've been saved, how much you know, how far down the line of this journey you think you are, may the Lord help us all to go back to first love, to Jesus Christ. The purpose of all Scripture is to see God. In Revelation, the curtain is pulled back and we are reminded not to simply look at world events, but to look to Christ. We hope you will join us next time as Scott Pauley continues our study through this amazing book of the Bible. You may also join us right now for additional studies and a library of helpful resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will find several new features at our online home and we trust they will be a blessing to you as you walk with God. Plan to visit us each day at enjoyingthejourney.org, and we look forward to returning to Revelation on our next broadcast. Keep your eyes on Christ and look up. The King is coming.